All right, all right. What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. This is a sneaker podcast, but it's a, it's more about the things surrounding sneakers that don't necessarily get as much exposure, if you will. And I like to talk to people who have either done interesting things with sneakers, in sneakers, maybe worked in the footwear industry, but also the people that have taken their passion for sneakers and turned it into other opportunities in life. And that's the case for today's episode. So today I get to talk to my friend DJ, who has gone from collecting, selling sneakers to collecting houses and selling houses and renovating houses and all sorts of other, uh, I would say, entrepreneurial things, or as he likes to call it, a profitable hobbyist. That said, I, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. I learned a lot from him. He's a really passionate, inspiring dude, and I really appreciate like his energy and, and what he's doing. And I, I really am truly one of those people that just looks to his channels on YouTube and gets excited about life because of the things that he's doing. So that said, if you enjoy this episode, if you are watching on YouTube, it would be great if you could hit the like button, leave a comment. Uh, you'll be able to find all of DJ's information down in the description below. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform, it would be really awesome if you could hit subscribe and uh, leave us a review there. Just trying to grow this community around outside the box, and it would be really helpful if you could do those things. I'm going to shut up now and let you get into this conversation. It was awesome. I hope you enjoy. Hey, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Outside the Box podcast. <laughs> My name is Nick Ingball. Uh, I got a special guest today with me. Uh, a man that I appreciate his hustle beyond words, like honestly, just like an inspiring dude. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to him, DJ Darren. How do you want to go, DJ? Um, so all the kids at school call me Darren, and everybody else right. call me DJ. You can call me whatever y'all want. Uh, just don't <laughs> call me broke. Not sure. <laughs> um, but uh, my name is DJ. I'm from Portland, Oregon. I've been into sneakers forever, and I always wanted to take sneakers to then taking it to having a collection of shoes to then having a collection of homes, retiring early, living off passive income, and just living the life and living the dream and doing something that I was never supposed to do with my age race and all those other things like that. So that's my goal. Those are my dreams, and this is who I am. Hey, yeah, man, that's that's a that's a solid intro. So. To take that a little bit further, I think we've known each other many years. I don't even remember yeah. how long now, but uh, <laughs> you you have probably like have off and on had some of the craziest like PE collection in the game. But then I think yeah. like we really, I think we really kind of connected when I was up there in Portland, you know, a year or two ago, talking about yeah, all the other yeah. stuff outside of sneakers, which is exactly what I'm trying to get to with this podcast because I, I just feel like, don't get me wrong, like I'm sitting in the same, you know, room full of shoes and I appreciate them, <laughs> but I also want to get people to think a little bit further outside of just sneakers, right? Because you've mm -hmm. been, you've been really hustling. I've, I've been subscribed to the, to the DNA show YouTube for quite a while, right? Um, I mean, AJ hasn't been on very, thank very you, much you. recently, but you know, I've been around for a while with yeah. that, but I gotta say, my girl and I watch you and your pops with the house stuff every video. Like it's just a regular for us no. now because I think I think partially because your pops has almost the same sense of humor as her pops, so it's, it's a very similar vibe. So she's enjoying it, but it's just dope to see mm -hmm. you, you know, kind of going after that. And like, how you know, like let's go back to like say 
I guess how how did you get into shoes to begin with? So again, rooted from my parents, like, and then living here, Portland, you know, Nike, Adidas, backyard, everything like that. So you just know so many people that work at some store or at the ES or at the headquarters or, you know, whatever it may be, you just know so many different people through that. So coming into the world, initially, my parents had me in all the J's. My dad never had that stuff when he was young. So he was like, I'm going to make sure my son got everything. And they spoiled me. And I was, I'm thankful for all of that. And from just then I knew like I had all the freshest OG at the time, just kid versions of all the new releases every time. Like I remember getting in trouble in school because I didn't want to play outside with all the other kids because I was going to get my J's dirty. And I knew if I got them dirty, I wasn't going to get the next pair that came out. So it was just ingrained into me from a little kid. And then obviously when I got older, I wanted to start collecting and just having everything. And that's when it got <laughs> out of hand. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's uh it's crazy too because I I just I feel like it sounds like your folks have just that understanding, right? Like I still think, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and I still think my parents mm -hmm. are like, "What's up with all these shoes?" You know, like they just don't really understand <laughs> that, like, yeah, I've been working in this business for like over 15 years now, like right, getting checks, right. you know, like yep. But to them, it's still kind of confusing, but. Um, it's, it's also, I, I kind of like that too, because, you know, I don't have to, I, I don't have to explain the, the nuances or like situations like we were talking about with the trophy rooms, all, all the weird stuff that happens. It's like, right, they just right. don't care too much about it. So that's kind of nice. But, um, so you had flight school shoes, right? When did that, mm -hmm. when did that start? Was that like college for you? So it officially started, I had a, I had a, like a, I was in high school. I graduated in 2010. I wanted to play football. I was trying to go to the NFL. I was trying to do all that stuff. So I was like, I need to get a scholarship, all these different things. I was definitely under-recruited. I went to a camp. I became MVP there. I went to another camp, was the MVP at that camp with all the top players. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like, I'm just some kid without a scholarship trying to find somewhere to play. So I went to a prep school. They gave me an opportunity to go to a prep school for like a, it's a, post-grad year where you can still play there so like um Nerlens Noel and Wayne Selden and George Niang and like all these other guys that are in the NBA right now we literally used to kick it in the same dorm we all was the athletes at the school we used to have so much fun and it's just it that alone was just great right but I used to supply them sneakers and they used to have all this stuff and that's when I got to the point where I was sitting in my dorm super bored living in New Hampshire and I'm like I'm gonna start a business today it's just going to be right now. So I made a Facebook page. I told everybody, like, look, every time I get a 1,000 followers on here, I'm giving away a free pair of shoes. It's going to be dope. You guys are going to love it. Like, we're going to have a good time. We're going to build a community. We're going to start selling gear, all that stuff. So that was 2011. 2006 was when I started collecting. And going into my senior year, I wore a different pair of shoes every single day of my entire senior year. Brand new pair of shoes every single day. And that's when everybody started to realize, like, this guy has kicks. I need kicks from him. And that's when I realized, like, I could flip these shoes and really, like, pay for my collection at the same time and then get everybody else what they need for a good discounted price because I'm not charging too much. But then I seen the Internet, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could charge anything on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like, the, the difference between, like like what people pay in a market that's saturated versus a market that people don't think something exists, right? Is bananas. Right, like right. like this this the same shoe 
you know, that's the, the, I think the most interesting part about like right now with like the stock X and the goat and stuff and, and eBay getting mm-hmm. back in heavy, right. It's like, there's, there's so much opportunity for these, for these companies to get super local. But then at the same time, I think that takes away from some of the money they could be making because once you start right. to compete with, you know, like, I, I mean, obviously I'm thinking of like LA, Portland, you've got a lot of competitive a lot of people that are paying attention to sneakers in in like those cities in New York and Chicago mm-hmm. but um how how did you did you ever like consider going down the path of having like an actual retail store for flight school or was that kind of always just like once you saw the internet you were just like nah, I'm good I'm going to keep moving this way well it was interesting because when I was in high school I was like man I want to have my own sneaker shop like cuz at the time you know what I'm saying you got like Riff and a couple other shops flight club like there wasn't that many shops back then yeah. So it was like, there was the OG shops now that, that that we call them, but it just wasn't that many. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do that one day. Like, And th- at that time, a lot of people didn't believe in it because sneakers wasn't as dope as it is now. And there's not as much money in the industry, all these other things. So, but I was like, I want to do that. Like when I get out of college, if I don't make it to the league, or even if I do make it to the league, I'm about to open up a sneaker shop. It's going to be dope, like everything. When I started selling shoes online as a transitional part, that's where... I realized like, okay, there's a lot of money to make online and you can make more money online than you could actually with the store. Overhead costs and all these other things. I'm thinking like insurance, security, employees, like you name it, just everything. I start adding it up and I'm like, I don't know if I ever really do want to open a store anymore. And then I opened up a, I opened up an office space with half full of shoes. It was in the heart of downtown, right above Deadstock Coffee before Deadstock Coffee was actually there. I was next door to Pencil in that same building. I was up there nice. on the second yeah. floor and I would do private meetups with like high rollers. So basically anytime anybody from a team that came to play against the Blazers, typically I knew somebody on one of the teams and I'd be like, hey, yeah, bring the bros through or I'll meet you guys at the hotel because they always stay at the nines. So it's like right down the street. And then we would have private meetups and I said, okay, what size y'all wear? I'll put them all out on the table. That way, as soon as they walked in, Here's all the 12s, here's 11 and a half, here's the 15s, and then, you know, pick what you want. All right, cool, let's make a deal. All right, cool, I'll see you at the game tomorrow. Like, so that's kind of how it was. And then I, I don't know if it, I don't know what you want to call it, but it just made me kind of shy away from wanting to have a shop when I was working so privately with the higher ticket items, knowing that an everyday consumer wasn't going to spend that money and it was just going to have to be a lot more work involved and obviously like we know we're trying to work smarter not harder so i was thinking yeah. like maybe this isn't a good idea <laughs> yes so like i guess then is that the kind of you know you kind of got really focused on those like high dollar transactions fairly early mm-hmm. on right because yeah i mean i'm trying to think like the first time i remember seeing like some of the stuff that you had up on up on i don't even think I think it was the site that I saw first. I don't think like mm-hmm. you might have had Instagram or whatever. Yeah, I didn't time, have a personal like, Instagram at the time. Yeah, um, but so did were you already thinking about that like when you were selling to like I don't uh, it sounds mean but like the regular folks at school and you were just like look I gotta get like these athletes are gonna have the money to spend and I'm moving towards it now or was that kinda, well, was there like a moment of like oh shit these are the guys that are spending money like. You know, because you're already in that circle of athletes, right? So what was that right, like? Right, So, yeah, being in a circle of athletes definitely had a different perspective on it. Knowing people that was in the league from when I was in high school to still to this day or young fellas that's coming up now. And 
there was, I will never forget the day. The Space Jams came out, crazy, crazy launch. I made a video about it. We ended up going to another store to get the release there at the Clackamas Mall. And uh, one of the guys, he was in the MLB sitting right next to me in line. And he didn't get them, but I already had my pair reserved. So he's just kind of like, yo, I'm trying to buy a pair. I need a size 13. And I'm like, I'm a 13. He's like, I'll pay whatever. So at the time, like those was going for like, you know, maybe like 350 or 300. And everybody was like, oh, that's a lot. And he paid me like 500 bucks for him. And I was like, hold up, bro. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the MLB. Like I got dough. Like I wear a size 13. If you got anything else, just let me know. And he's just like start flexing on me like, oh, these are my cars. This is all my stuff. Because he's a young dude, just made it to the MLB, been there for a couple years and everything. And I'm like 17, 18 years old. I'm like, bro, this dude's in the league. Like, oh, da, da, da. like I got a fir my first client. And I was just selling him shoes. Like, anytime I needed to sell anything, I knew he was paying like double and triple. And he was offering the prices. So I'm like, why would I not sell it? Yeah. So that kind of like gave me a taste of it. And then from there, I was like, oh, yeah. Next couple years after that, I was like, I need to start finding these type of people to sell to. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's That's such a dope story, though. It is crazy, too, like how... It's just it's just next level, right? People that have the money, it's nothing, right? It's they want it, the price doesn't matter. As opposed to right. most of the people in line are like, I might I might keep these, I might make fifty bucks off of them, I might make a hundred bucks mm -hmm. off of them. But like nobody, yeah, like it's just a, a drastic separation there between the the consumer that has like like really really has the money versus is you know like check to check kind of worried about right? shipping so, yeah when am i gonna yep. get my tracking number and all this stuff like that was the part that i was like bruh i'm like i i everything's in the description two to three days processing shipping handling da, da, da. like i'm on my stuff i don't be slacking on that and still they're like hounding me and i'm like bro see this right here <laughs> i can't do it bruh. <laughs> so did you um i mean I guess part of that too, there's probably some appeal for, you know, anybody with a certain level of celebrity where they just, they just don't want to have to deal with being in the public for mm -hmm. that stuff. Right. I, I, I mean, maybe not when you were starting out, but like, I could just see like nowadays, right. People, people, people are buying old stuff to make it look like they've been into sneakers for a long time. Right. And I have nothing, right. I have nothing against that. Like if, if that's what you want to do, do what you want to do. But right. Then you see people leaking that they sold the shoes to this celebrity. And I'm just thinking like, yo, right. like, I would never do that because if that celebrity ever wanted anything else from my collection, they right. they just saw that I rolled them onto the table and posted about it on social, right? So like, yeah. so, so I'm sh was, was that something that you like ever had conversations with some of these guys with? Yeah, and I think uh, there were certain guys that were from, I would say about six or seven different teams where I would, we would literally, like, as soon as they came in, you know, I'm meeting up when we do a shoe deal. They have team meeting after that. Like, you know, they're trying to go to the bars and stuff. I'm picking them up in my car. We're going out somewhere, <laughs> like, the other players and stuff. We all hop out. I got seven foot, like, all these people with me. I'm like, I don't even know how they fit in this car. One time, bro, I ain't going to lie to you. One time we had, like, six dudes in my little car. And I don't know how we made it, but we was mobbing around the whole city in no lie. Everybody was above 6'8", bro. And I'm like, I don't even know how this was possible. They was like, I just want to get out the room. I'm like, well, then come on. Let's go kick it. So it's been like that. And it's just, 
I don't know. I don't even remember what the original question was. I'm just thinking about these wild <laughs> extravaganzas we don't went on, bro. So it's crazy, some crazy stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, I guess, like, at what point along that journey of selling shoes did you kind of start to see, like, hey, like, this could be something much bigger? I mean, because, you know, we, we've talked about the YouTube thing, right? Like, you've been doing mm-hmm. pretty well with the YouTube thing. Like, I, I think when we first talked about it, Maybe back at, at SneakerCon in LA a cup a few years yeah. back, right? You were taking you were what I really loved about your mindset at that point was like you were like like I'm I've got a plan for this, right? And I think Yeah. I think with YouTube, that's something that most people don't take serious, right? And and mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the process of doing all that stuff too, because I'm like, hey, like if I'm recording this stuff anyway, I need to just throw this on YouTube as another way for me to eventually have, have a bigger audience, make some money, whatever that looks like. But like, was there like a moment that you were like, no, I'm, I'm going full into YouTube or was the, the, the home purchasing stuff like part of that conversation for you at that time already? What, which of those happened first? So I got out of school, uh, and I graduated when I was, how old was I? 25 26 or something like that um it was a crazy college experience with football and everything but um i was originally i had enough money to buy a house when i was 21 but i was going to school out of town and it was just a lot of stuff trying to find a home do all this stuff and i was like all right i'll just wait till i graduate it let me set a goal to graduate college soon as i graduate i'll buy a house so i graduated college and i was like i sold a bunch of as we talked about before literally having 700 and something pairs of shoes in my collection over the years and you know trying to hoard all this stuff and everything but we know there's value in it at the same time so liquidated some of my collection turned that into two homes purchased two houses within the same month at the same month i graduated college bought two houses and went to the combine all in a 30-day period which was like a wild period of my life but that's where i was like i am doing this like i'm in it now i'm balls deep i just signed this 30-year mortgage twice like we in here (laughs) so that's when i knew i was like i'm committed to this home stuff a year after that is when i was like at the gym one day and i was like bro i'm the type of person like if i want to do something i'm gonna just try it like let's see what happens and then i'm gonna give my full effort and then that way i can walk away from it and say i tried and it was worth it or i tried and i knew this wasn't for me but now i don't have any regrets no doubts i don't want to turn 69 years old and be like why didn't i try to do that like i just want to try it all so that I, I just picked up the camera again and just started making videos and I was after but I knew sneakers was like my big thing I always wanted to make like the house tours and the remodel videos and stuff like that but I knew like sneakers was my easy in I had access to it I didn't really want to show the properties I was working on different stuff like that so it became definitely heavy into shoes after the fact but the main goal was always to like get as many houses as possible. So just finished up the third house now and I'm I'm on the hunt for apartment complex this year. It's kind of <laughs> dope to say it, but I'm actually on the hunt for apartment complex. Yeah, that's dope, man. Congrats. That's I mean, so you split the channel, right? You've got like sneakers on on the DNA show and then you've got your own mm-hmm. channel with more of the house stuff and the renovation mm-hmm. stuff. And so I, I also think like I think you probably you, you probably got a lot of crossover, but you probably are creating a lot of new viewers on that yeah on that new channel yeah. right and yeah I, I i can't remember how long ago did you start that one so that one was an accidental channel 
<laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So what happened was <laughs> I made an accidental channel for just like blooper footage and just random like life experiences. And like I was going to turn it into like a diary. Basically, what I was going to do yeah. was like just shoot random videos, express how I was feeling in the moment. So I could look back on it later and be like, oh, this is what I was going through when I was 27, when I was 28, when I was 29. You know, I could just look back on it for myself. And then it became like I posted a random video. I went to a wrestling match. WWE saw Monday Night Raw when it came to Portland. Ronda Rousey fought somebody. I don't know who she was wrestling. The video goes viral and gets like 3 million views. And I'm like, the channel just got monetized. We got like 10,000 subscribers now. I'm about to run this up and turn this into something. So right when that happened, I was like, here goes the real estate channel. This is what I've been looking for. So it kind of <laughs> opened this door for myself by accident. And I'm like, like we said, got to take advantage of the opportunity. We got to go. Yeah. So I had to just start turning the camera on and showing people what I've been doing on the on the back end besides the whole sneaker world stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's so dope, too, because I, I just had a conversation with a friend about, you know, just I'm that same type of way where it's like I like I, I like trying everything. Right. And mm -hmm. and and a lot of things for me, I actually have to go and like really hit a wall to be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not into that anymore. Right. And, right. and I think like my also like the kind of curse of having like that business mindset is like everything that I want to try becomes a business idea too. Sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's, it's a bad thing, right? Sometimes you're like, look, I'm not that serious about this, but I also got the domain. I got the social accounts. <laughs> I got the, And then like two months later, you're like, what am I doing? Like, I don't care about, you know, whatever this is that much, I got to get back right. on track or, you know, like, or you find those ones like that where like, you're just like, Hey, I just want to document some stuff. And now it's like, okay, well you're going to document the, the rest of this stuff that you're doing too, because mm -hmm. you know, the universe just complies and it's like, yo, this is going to work here. Right. Here's, here's the 10,000. Here's the monetization. What are you waiting for? Right. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, here, you want it? All right. Well, yeah, I'll take it. Like it just happens. And I, like you were saying, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, like we said, we want to try everything. We want to do everything. And I've definitely done that. You go on a little two week tangent of like, all right, I got this business I do. We're going to do this. We're gonna do that. And I'm like, this is not even yesterday. I wasn't even thinking about this. Definitely tough. You see one news article and you're like, there's money in this. And it's, yeah. it's hard too, because it's not like we're chasing the money. But it's like yep. something we're passionate about, too. So it's like I call myself a profitable hobbyist. That's what I call myself. <laughs> I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a motivator. I'm not none of that. I'm just me. And I like to profit off of the hobbies and the things that I'm interested in to make it worthwhile, sustainable, so I can live the life that I want to live. And from there, you know, it could either go up or down or whatever. But like we said, we got to diversify. We got to try a couple of things. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that's such a great term, too, because that's really what it is. And like, I don't know if we talked about it before, but I uh, I probably have talked about it on the podcast before. But one of the books that I always kind of reference and go back to is the four hour work week. And yep. it's it's not even like it's not even like I need to read the whole. I mean, I've read the whole book probably a dozen times. Like I just pick it up and start like finding some motivation in there or like I think one of the things that. I learned the most out of that is like just, you know, being able to diversify your, your income, right. To where, look, if you're, if you're only doing the one thing, you know, if shit hits the fan, the pandemic comes along and shuts down, whatever that one thing is, you're going to be in a tough situation. So, um, right. it's, 
it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about that too because I've always so I've never bought a house. I've I've moved. I mean, you know, I've moved mm-hmm. literally like every eighteen months to two years. I've been all over the country, and right. I'll stay in a place like you know I'll be, I'll be excited about it for a little bit, and then I'll be like, okay, time to go to this next thing. And and part of that is just like on the work side, I'm always trying to find new excitement, new challenges. Mm-hmm. But I never really was. I always thought like you know at some point. I'll just come back to, to the West coast and, you know, plant the roots and, st- and stay. And then like, yeah. that just didn't happen for some reason. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I'm close to it and I just don't know it. Cause right. Yeah. But, um, what, what, what were the hesitations you had in like even doing the, the house remodel stuff, both on like the, the actual just doing it, but then on like the YouTube side of it. Right. Because I think, like that's a that's a, a obviously a drastic change for what you're used to doing with the sneaker stuff, even yeah. though like there's similarities and yeah you got to you know film and edit and all that stuff. Did you right. have anything back you know when you were first getting into that where you're like hesitations or or challenges that you were like damn okay I got to learn how to deal with this in a different way than like sneakers. Yeah, I think I think for me and it's still today honestly like because there's so many video ideas that I've had with that channel. And I just haven't really just fully dove into that channel yet. And I think a lot of it is just because I know I'm not the type of face that people typically see when it comes to that industry, especially on YouTube. Like, there's not too many dudes that look like me. They're not going to talk the way I'm talking. Like, I ain't, I'm, I'm not about to be saying it the whole proper way and everything. Like, yeah, I know I went to school and all that. But at the end of the day, I'm me. I'm going to talk how I want to talk. I'll talk when I need to talk how. Like, all that. I don't care about all that. It's like, we're going to do the deal. Is it going to make sense? Is it add up? Like, that's the most important thing. So, the way I talk and the way I dress and everything for the camera, like, that's cool and all for some people. But if that's what you want to judge somebody on, they can do that themselves. And for me, I know I'm going to always be me on that aspect. I think it's just the fear of messing up knowing that I have so many people that are like me looking at me to do something and give them an example and I don't want to mess it up and and then steer them in the wrong direction at the same time because now I know I'm I'm leading I have to lead by example on this type of situation like I whatever I say a lot of people is going to listen to me and they're going to take action on that so I got to make sure that I'm really accurate with the things I say and the things that I do when it comes to that world because we're talking about money we're talking about life changing decisions that people can make based off of those type of videos compared to oh you should buy these shoes for 170 dollars yeah yeah definitely man yeah you're talking a 30-year mortgage commitment for a lot of people where you're like it's a lot that's a lot bigger than you know space jam release or something so right um i i really admire that though man because i think that's something that i want to continue to talk about on this on this channel and like in my writing is like you know, you know, being in Portland, being in the sneaker thing, mm-hmm. the the just like the lack of diversity that exists in the footwear business is like just atrocious, right? Like, look, right. you know, it's a tough conversation to have, but like we have to acknowledge it first and foremost and have everybody talking about it until it's dealt with, until it's like always a part of the conversation. And I think people mm-hmm. are so hesitant for so many reasons. And I, I think that like, I also too relate to like, like speaking the way you speak, dressing the way you dress, right? Like I, when I got the first job I got working in sneakers, 
you know, I worked for AT&T before that. So I did the shirt and tie thing and I hated my life. I hate it. Like <laughs> right. I made really good money, but I hated it. Right. It's just not right. me. Don't get me wrong. Like I like getting dressed up sometimes, but like on a daily basis, I want to throw on a hoodie, a baseball hat and, and yep. some fresh kicks. Right. Like the rest of this stuff, yep. I, I'll put in the work to prove whatever I got to prove. But there was always hesitation for me in that because even like footwear brands don't really understand that all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're Mm -hmm. slowly coming around, but like, I remember going to interviews back, let's say a while ago, um, (laughs) you know, where it's like, (laughs) I was going to, I was going to interview for a job at a company that either sells sneakers or makes sneakers. And I had to like ask myself if I should be putting on a suit to go to the interview. And I just think like, this doesn't make any sense at all that you have to, that like, that should not even, like, I don't think it, we should care in any aspect of the world, but, like, I know that some people do, and I, can, you know, and I also know sometimes you play the game where it's like, you know, you're trying to get to somebody that maybe is going to invest a ton of money in, in a project or, or whatever right. that is. So it's like, okay, like, maybe I won't wear a hat today, you know, maybe I'll, you know, wear a polo or something you know what i mean like you 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 try to like kind of fit in a sense but then it's also like so frustrating that we even have to do that and i'm just like part of why i'm excited about what you're doing with that channel and giving this kind of transparency to it even like you know like i think i don't want to wish mistakes upon anybody but i think even those mistakes you know are learning experiences and and you're going to have those from from what you're doing but also you're going to have people that look to you because they they look or or speak the same as you and mm-hmm. they're going to relate to that in ways that like they haven't been able to see that right because the other part of of like america and like the, the just messed up nature of of like who we kind of put on a pedestal is that you know they're not held to like any kind of standards in terms of like talking about the mistakes they made along the way we're getting better right. at it we're getting to a point where like you know, people are doing that, but it's definitely something that I think we like all collectively like glorified some, some people that probably shouldn't have been glorified along the way. Not to say that, you know, not to say that I haven't done the exact same thing. Right. But like, I always, you know, from, for me, my, my like pinnacle is like Allen Iverson, right? Like he's always the Mm -hmm. guy that I look to because like, honestly, Michael Jordan was too polished for me. He wore he wore an earring and my mom wanted me to get an earring because of Michael Jordan and I was like I don't I mean I don't get me wrong, I love Jordan I love all of that stuff but I I related to Iverson because that's was way more of the life that I was living when I was a teenager where it was like mm-hmm. I was like we we literally were homeless for a while I was crashing on other people's couches for a while like like it was like I heard his story and see his like just like brutal honesty and it was like oh shit that's the guy i can relate to right but right but now and i think you are probably going to be a part of this with your relationships on the sneaker side i think there's probably opportunities for a lot of the athletes that are out there a lot of the people that have found success like through youtube or or even like you have with the sneaker thing to turn Mm -hmm. the page into these other aspects of life that we don't we don't necessarily talk about right like i think you know, I think, I think we talked about that anyway, but like, you know, part of you wanting to do the house thing and turn that into a business and, and all of that also become came from, you know, kind of whether you were reluctant about it or not, seems like it came from you wanting to be that 
person that like elevated people and inspired people, right? Yeah, it's just it's always been uh, my my dad always just instill instill into me like be better than I was. Don't do everything I tell you to do, but at the same time, like don't make the same mistakes I did because I'm telling you I already experienced it. So by doing that, you know, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And that's why I always say, like, I, I don't want to have that, you know. And I'm not saying he has a bunch of regrets or nothing, but he knows, like, after seeing stuff play out, like, whoa, if I would have bought this and then seven years later this happened, like, he could see it all unfold in front of his eyes, but he didn't take action on it. So now he can tell me from his experience, this is what you should do. This is what I would advise. And I'm like, that makes sense. So then I go do it. So it's not like I'm just a genius. Like, I got great people in my corner and I have to give credit to a lot yeah. of people in my circle because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't know half the stuff that I know, be motivated or anything to be even pushed to do this. Like, yes, they make me do it and find the money and do all that stuff. I understand that. But, like, that's another thing with the sneaker world, right? If somebody's successful in sneakers, they say, oh, their parents bought them all the shoes, right? Well, why can't yep. you be successful in sneakers? And they say, oh, I understand. He has four houses and he's renovating and he's cash flowing and he's doing these things. And this is how he supplements his income by buying sneakers and doing it. Oh, why can't we talk about that? We never do because there's not that many examples. So if I got to yeah. be one of the examples, maybe I got to do it. But I know I'm not the best, but over time it will get better. And I'm going to continue to try to help people as much as I can. T totally, man. I mean... I think too, like the the people that do, <clears throat> I mean, my girlfriend and I were just like watching something a, a few days ago where, um, you know, it's like one of these house renovation shows or whatever. And you're just like, like, it's not relatable, right? It's like, it's like, so <laughs> it's just it's like so, <laughs> yeah, it's so cookie cutter. It's like, it's like, it's like meant for like, you know, like. The Hallmark Channel or something, and I don't, I don't have yeah. anything against Hallmark Channel. My mom loves that stuff, but like, it's <laughs> like I don't care to 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 see all that. Like, I want to see like the like real substance in what happens and goes on in that. Right? Like, I right. get that you're making a show, but I think too, like even on YouTube with this kind of content where you end up watching, uh, I can't think of any names right now, but there's there's a few guys that do like luxury home tours, right? And I just think, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> like there's a couple of them that are actually pretty good, pretty entertaining. And then there's a bunch of people that are just like completely uncomfortable on camera. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, the, the world is just like, like changing so much in terms of those kind of things. I think like, you know, you moving into this, you know, the way you have been in like 20 years, I'm just going to be like, you know, I, I don't even know if DJ is going to, going to text me back anymore because you're going to be Chill. so big time. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, but I, I really see like I really see a huge amount of opportunity in this because one, like your personality, your vibe is is like just, you know, it's it's like contagious, man. Like I know every time I talk to you and that's it. why I wanted to have you come on because like people are going to hear this. They're going to get excited and be like, OK, I'm going to go check out the DNA show. I'm going to go check out the, the home reno. I'm going to like how do I how do I you know, how do I start to think about these things? Right. Right. But. I also wanted to talk about you kind of are doing like a little um I forget what you call your your program, right? Like where oh, you're yeah. kind of helping people along with this. So, yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about that, I guess. 
So I started a course called the Hobby to Hustle, and it's like a course. It's like an eight-week course broken down to eight weeks. You can learn as you go, so, and it's it's set for obviously a lot of the beginners. But there's a little bit more advanced stuff in there, and I'll talk in the course as well. Like you know, you may not be at this point yet, but once you get to this point, revert back, revert, uh, reverse. I can't talk right now. Um, refer back to this section. And yeah. then that way you can, uh, you know, re refresh your mind and, and now you're at this level and you can do those things. So, and then within that, there's a private Facebook group and then that way everybody can network with each other because, I mean, yeah, we want to have access to what I know, but I already made all the content for you to watch it with the text and the photos and the videos and the links and everything. But I want you guys to learn with each other. And now we got people from literally all around the world in this group on Facebook. So... We got people literally helping people get sneakers and do stuff from other countries that don't come out here. And, and I'm just seeing everything come together and it's like we're building this community. So I know it's not super big, which I'm fine with that. And it's actually kind of better because it's more intimate and we can actually really help people and watch people grow. But the course is essentially around, you know, sneakers, growing your collection, making extra money on the side, doing stuff like that. And then that's when we get into the next level, which I'm trying to slowly put a course together now when it comes to the intro of real estate and getting started investing and finding your avenue because there's so many different ways to go in the industry of real estate. But if you truly break it all down, flipping kicks, flipping houses, it's the same thing. It's just bigger numbers and it's a little bit different. But realistically, as we know, business, entrepreneurship, like that stuff, it's all really, really similar. We just make it seem so difficult because not that many people are doing it around us. We don't have that many examples. Just like everybody talks about stocks. Why is it so complicated? Why is it so confusing? We are making it that way. If yeah. we make it simple, if we talk normal, if we just, hey, bro, it's like this. Then you'd be like, <laughs> oh, bro, I didn't even know it was like this. But if I'm like yep. using all these words and all that stuff, you're like, bro, uh, calls and puts. and I'm like, bro, see, look, just don't even think about it like that. <laughs> So true, man. So true. Well, and I think too, like the other part that really sucks about America and, and I don't want to get too down on this, but like, like, you know, the, the loan, the, the lenders of, you know, America are definitely after the people that they know they can make the most money off of. Right. And right. as somebody who grew up in neighborhoods where I didn't look like everybody else in my neighborhood and we didn't have a bunch of money. I know that that kind of stuff happened to, to my folks when they try to go buy stuff, right? Like, I know mm -hmm. even, even like, buying cars back in the day, like, it was like, you know, you end up paying 20%, 30% on a interest rate where, like, that's not normal. Like, it's just right. it's just normal because exactly. somebody came and hustled you to get to take this because you, you needed the car, right? And yep. I think that's another thing that is going to be awesome to see as you grow with your stuff. I think that's going to be even more of a conversation, right? Because look, this pandemic has, has made a lot of the things that we all deep down knew were wrong with America. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's bubbled it right up to the top where it's like, look, yep. you know, there's millions of people that can't pay their rent right now. There's millions of people that can't pay their mortgages right now. And we're not really doing a lot to, to like help those people. And I think mm -hmm. that's like the, the, you know, kind of coming back to like the, the entrepreneurial like mindset Now's like the perfect time to be running full speed with these things because, you know, if you look back even historically, a lot of the craziest, like most successful businesses that we've ever seen started in, in like super down times where it was like, look, mm -hmm. we got nothing mm -hmm. better to do than this. But um, I think too, like, you know, thinking about like your, your program, the, the sneaker side of it, 
do you do you talk about even like I mean I I know I don't want to get too personal so if you if you're like hey let's cut this out we can cut it out but I think like <laughs> like thinking about like the revenue streams right like obviously mm-hmm. you know the more you grow YouTube the more that becomes its own thing the more you know like right. you know your your YouTube's gonna eventually pay for a few houses or apartment complexes every year right as right. long as you're consistent That's with the goal. it and then you yeah. split it up and so do you think that will become part of your, your, your courses in the future. Like how, like you could diversify your revenue streams and like, mm-hmm. you know, get deeper into that, like across, because to me, that seems like something you're already doing, you know? And, and I think like right. a lot of people would love to learn that as well. So, so for me, I'll, uh, I'll try to give some examples and stuff. It's kind of going to be all over the place. Cause that's how it works with the YouTube and ad revenue and yeah. everything. Right. Uh, but last year, I was the, that was the year when I started the year I said I'm gonna track how long I uh, film edit uh, how much did I spend on the video how much did I make in ad revenue at the end of the year I need to track everything so I could see how many hours of time I put into this channel so after the entire year was over I ended up averaging just around it was like just under 20 hours a week um, working on you the YouTube channel so I'm like basically it was a part-time job and from that I was able to, and I went from, uh, what did I do? I hit 10,000 subscribers in October of 2019. I hit 30,000 subscribers on New Year's Day, 2020. And then I hit uh, 103 or 7 or 12,000 subscribers or something like that by the end of 2020. So I went from 30 or 100 uh, basically, I picked up 100,000 subscribers in just over a year. Um, and I, I tracked the money and everything. So with my expenses and everything, I didn't make too much money. But to see ad revenue, and for my ad revenue, I had, I think I had like 14 million views or something like that for the year. And it was like roughly around $60,000 for ad revenue on that aspect. Then I had brand deals. I had affiliate marketing which was a big thing that i was doubling down on because i knew youtube could take away ad revenue at any point right anything could happen and they could take that away so i need to match my ad revenue in other sources so the course uh the uh affiliates and then what was the other one what all brand deals so those three i'm like putting these three together i had made an additional seventy thousand off of those so I'm like, I'm making more off of other things than I am off of ad revenue, which is good. So now how can I reevaluate the year, put this all into a new formula and then execute in 2021 and try to make new growth? Because the year before in 2019, I had only made $10,000 off of YouTube. So it was like a huge growth within that time. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm using this money to fund the remodel and different stuff like that that I'm doing now. And I'm just basically reinvesting every single thing back into either myself, equipment, content stuff, or the houses for remodel. But I don't want none of the money. Like I'm trying to build something so I can not have to worry about money later in life. So that's where I was kind of at right there. And then when it comes to teaching people about it, one big thing is like i'm gonna show people how i got my te- my new tesla i'm gonna show them how i got it for free and they're gonna like blow their it's gonna blow everybody's mind i still gotta make the video but um i'm actually gonna make money for getting the car and it's gonna be super dope how i break it all down but affiliate marketing is a huge thing and basically as we know that's very passive and you get your checks and 
they're going to make the car payment. I don't have to do nothing but just transfer the money. So for me, uh, finding ways to make money passively in evergreen content, stuff that people want to watch now, later, in three years from now, five years from now, that's the easiest way to grow the money and the viewership and all that stuff. Because when, when everybody's looking for that one hit wonder right now or like current events is good because you stay relevant, but next week nobody cares about that video no more, right? So yep. for me, I'm more heavy into passive videos that are gonna collectively make 150 bucks a month, you know, 50 bucks a month. But once you make a couple hundred videos and they all start piling up, then now you're just building your portfolio just like if you were building homes with rental income. It's the same concept, but now you're just doing it on YouTube. Yeah, man, that's, that's such great advice too because I think, I think people, specifically the thing you said about YouTube ad revenue, right? People all look at YouTube as like, hey, this is like the perfect way to live your life and, and get paid mm -hmm. to do what you want to do, right? And yes, I 100% agree, but it's a, it's a ton of work. But also, like, if you have all your eggs in that basket and YouTube decides to change, because they don't have any reason to look out for you, right? Like, Bro. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, once you start building relationships, people look out for you and, like, you, you, it's a personal thing, right? But, like, YouTube the company for any new youtuber or or you know like right. just starting out on youtube like they're, they're never going to care about your feelings when they take away something right or when you get right. demonetized or when you get you know a copyright claim it's like what this just happens tough luck you know right and i think right. that's that's such an important conversation that i wish you know more i wish there was more like conversation about that in the youtube community right where you know mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of talk about those things because my experience with like really younger, let's say teens, early twenties that are like really excited to get into content and like working with, with sneakers or whatever is that mm -hmm. they, they see you, they see Jacques Slade, they see, you know, Seth Fowler and they see like, okay, this is what these guys do. And, and they're living good. They get to buy every shoe they get to, you know, whatever. But, Right. I know from speaking to all of you over the years, like it's a lot of ups and downs in between <laughs> like the, what right. you see and, and the work that went to, to get there, but also like just the revenue from YouTube on the ad side can be ridiculously up and down, right? Like until you have right. hundred, hundreds of videos, you can't even like plan for that baseline. So right. what, what, um, in terms of, how you look at like let's say brand deals something that's a little more consistent or affiliates mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what what are the things that like you look for when you try to find those you know partnerships um so for me like i was saying before passive income right that's what we want we want to uh just like you create an ebook you sell the ebook you don't have to work on it ever again because it's already been created it's a digital product it's out if I print a bunch of shirts, I got to hand deliver every single time. Ship and go to the post office, do all this stuff every single day. I don't want that. So when it comes to brand deals, same concept. If they want to pay me to make the video, great. But if we don't have something written out where I'm like, I want something after this because I'm going to convert. The goal for me is to bring new customers to them for them to make money, right? So I need my commission from that as well. So if I can work that deal out where it's that aspect of like passively making money off of 
previous created content that I know is going to do well over time. It's basically me making an advertisement for some other company that's going to stay on the internet for years and years until I decide to take it down. But I would, I would probably take it down if I wasn't making nothing off of it, right? But if I'm making yeah. something off of it, I would just keep it up because it's going to passively make money. So that's my biggest thing. Like if they're like, oh, we'll pay you for this. I'm like, it better be a good payout and it better be worth it. Otherwise, and I have to really like what it is because I've turned down so much stuff because I'm like, bro, this just ain't me. It's not my brand identity. Like, I don't want to just be like making advertised sponsored videos all the time. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. So I'm like, I'd rather it be like super subtle, you know, mixed into my lifestyle. And then, then it makes sense. Uh, so that's, that's a lot of the most important things I would look for. I think is just passively making money and then really aligning with what I do. So I got to ask because I, I, I've been on the other side of this too so many times. What's, I, you don't got to name any names or brands, uh -huh. but what's, what's uh -huh. the worst, what's the worst brand deal somebody's come at you with? Like, I, I know, I know like you've gotten some weird ones cause I've gotten some weird ones where you're like, yo, I'm not, I'm not going to sell like fingernail clippers to anybody, you know, <laughs> like. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So at this point now, I swear there's like a thing when you hit certain amount of subscribers, you just start getting weird ass emails from companies from like China and WhatsApp and all this other stuff that are like, you want me to sell sundresses? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. Why would I sell yoga pants? Like, I don't even, I can't even wear them. Like it's just, so I've had all that stuff. And then when it comes to like actual numbers wise, the ones is like, oh yeah, we want to work with you. We want to send you this stuff. Da da da. Whoop do. What's your PO box? And they're like, oh yeah, this is how much it's gonna cost. I'm like, wait. So are you just trying to advertise and sell to me, and then have yeah. me advertise your product, or are you gonna send me the product and pay me to make the video for an advertisement, and then we're gonna do it that way? So they always do it backwards, thinking that, oh yeah, great. Yeah, I want that so bad. I'm willing to pay the $250 for that. Yeah. Nah, bro. <laughs> They forgot. Yeah. I'm like the opposite. I'm trying to save everything I can. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, all right, before we uh, wrap, I want to go back to the house thing. What's mm -hmm. like, what's like the, the like starting point for somebody, you know, that maybe is somewhere in between, you know, where you were at, you know, 26, 27 and like, mm -hmm. You know, let's say somewhere somewhere in between you, 21 and 26, 27 for you, where it's like, you know, they're looking at trying to buy the first house and not really sure, like, whether, you know, regardless of whether they're working a regular job or they're doing the YouTube thing, what are some uh -huh. of the things that you would say to keep in mind going into that whole process and that whole experience of, of buying a house? The first thing I tell people is get over your pride. I'm making sure I'm looking into the camera. Get over your pride, get over your ego, get over all of that. Because I'm telling you right now, that's not going to help you be successful in this world. I'm telling you, you got to take a step back sometimes to take a leap forward. So if you need to lifestyle inflation, keeping up with the Jones, trying to live in that dope loft apartment that everybody's all cool for Instagram that nobody's paying the bill for besides you paying way too much money. Go sleep on your friend's couch. Move back to your parents' house. Save much as money as possible. They're going to make fun of you for a year, year and a half. That's great. And then you're going to be laughing at them when you invite them over to your house that you purchased, that you owned, that they still live in. You know what I'm saying? So you got to take a step back sometimes and be outside of yourself and look outside of yourself 
and then that way you can really flourish because if you don't have that mindset whatever i tell you next is not going to mean nothing then when i tell you some advice i would say understand where you stand go to some banks go to some different lenders this is what my credit is this is what my income is this is my debt these are my assets i have a sneaker collection valued at this i have a car i have a car loan i own my car tell them everything put it all on paper and that's come to your pride as well right because sometimes yep. you don't want to see those numbers and sometimes you might be a little bit more happy with the numbers that you are at realizing like maybe i'm a little bit closer so put yourself put your life on paper that way you can present it to a lender and say hey this is where i stand what can i get and, and shop it around go to some different places because i didn't have it before they said oh you can only get 150,000 i go next door oh we'll give you 320,000 i'm like i just gave you the same folder bro like y'all don't want to give me nothing they want to get the interest rate is better like so once you have your info on deck then you can start shopping it around and then you can ask the bank say hey where do i stand what do I need to do to get to where I want to be? And they'll tell you, sell your car, do this, pay this down, or start making more money, find a side hustle, or whatever it may be. They'll tell you a couple things because they're the one that's giving you the money. So you could listen to your homies and all, but they're not the one that's lending you the money. I want to listen to the person that's lending me the money. So whatever they say is gold, right? So just listen yep. to them, and then they will lead you in the right direction because at the end of the day, they want your business. They want to charge that interest on you so they can make money as well. So I think that's the basis of getting started. Yeah, I think that's great advice, man. What? So last question, what's like the most, uh, what's the thing that you're most excited about 2021? Let's even say 2022, because I know you're already thinking well beyond most people. <laughs> okay, so for this year, I'm, I'm trying to get this apartment complex. And now I got this new idea with this warehouse, bro. If I get this warehouse, oh, you're going to be out here all the time. Trust me, bro. Trust me. The ideas that I got for this warehouse, insane. It's going to be like the ultimate YouTube palace, bro. Like any person that comes to Portland. Oh, damn, my camera. Any person that comes to Portland, I'm telling you right now, bro. They're going to love it. So I got some ideas, but the at the end of the day, the numbers have to crunch out. Um, but I'm trying to get the apartment complex. And then my goal for the next few years, I've already been talking to him. I've been, t I got to speak it into existence. I'm not the type of person that is going to hide it and then pop up. I'm telling you right now, I'm about yep. to get me a Lambo. <laughs> Just give me a couple years. I guarantee you it's going to have already found the dealer. I figured out the lending and everything. I just got to switch my income a little bit. Why? Just wait, just wait. It's coming. I'm, I'm telling you it's coming, but that's, that's one thing that I'm definitely really, really excited about. Um, and then yeah, I just cannot wait till I can just pay for a trip and I can take my whole family somewhere and we can enjoy a vacation because it's well overdue. And I think that's probably the number one thing. Obviously, I'm so grateful and thankful to have my whole family here healthy and safe and we're all close to each other and I can get to their house anytime when they need me. But I definitely want to take a trip with them sometime soon and just yeah, celebrate getting through this. Yeah, man, I, I feel you, man. Well, I'm I'm excited to 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 watch along, watch the journey. I'm excited to you know help help you out any way that I can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess like let's let everybody know where they can find you, how they can connect to you, uh, you know where they can find the program, all that good stuff. 
Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at DNA, or no, I guess I got 17 different Instagrams. Let's go with <laughs> DJ underscore sneakerhead. That's like my main personal IG. DJ under DNA show is the other one. I'm not even gonna tell you about the other ones. You'll find once you find one, you'll find them all. And then if you go to uh, YouTube, you're gonna have DNA show on YouTube. If you scroll down, you'll see the linked page. That'll have my video gaming channel, my Twitch, my other social networks. Everything is kind of all linked together. So as soon as you find one, you should be able to tap into everything else. Um, the course is on all of my LinkedIn bios on the Instagrams as well. You'll see it right there. It's like a little link tree thing. So. I kind of got everything bundled into one link for everybody to find it. Maybe we might even have to post that in the description or the comment yeah, yeah. section. I'll, so I'll, I'll drop it, it in easier there. For yep. yep, for sure. But yeah, you guys should be able to find me. If not, I mean, it's cool. But I mean, if you do, say what's up, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's so funny because that's something I always say is like, I, I love people reaching out. But it's like, it's a little creepy when you're like, yo, I've been following for like seven, eight years. And I'm just talking to you. I feel like... <laughs> right. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You know, like I'm not, I'm not as intimidating as somehow I came across for that last seven, eight years. You know, just holler, right? right. Let's let's chop it up and see how we can do some stuff together. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, I, I really appreciate you, man. As I said, like you're an yes, inspiration, sir. and you're somebody that I look to when, when honestly, when I when I get down, I, I turn your shit on, and I'm like back in business because you always bring it. I appreciate and, it, bro. And like, there's not, there's. There's not many people I could say that to in in full honesty, you know. So um, yeah. I appreciate you spending the time with me too, because I know you're super busy. So uh, thank you everybody for tuning in, watching, listening, wherever you're at. Make sure you check the links in the description below, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. All right, bro. Thanks for having me.